Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. Today is June 28th, 2020, a beautiful Sunday here in New York. And a little overcast, so we're not going to have a nice sunset tonight. But I'm sitting here at the bright red desk and getting ready to talk to you about the week ahead and how we're going to use the energy. <laughs> It's how we're going to use the energy and what we're going to do with it, because it's a pretty shifting sky right now. So what we had last week was we had Mars in Pisces, right? And he was at the last degree of Pisces. So he really was working out a lot of stuff, a lot of old stuff, you know, because Pisces is, of course, the last sign of the zodiac. So when he's in the last degrees of the last sign, he's really thinking about things and he's processing things and he's dredging up stuff. And he's working on some old energy. Then he squared the nodes of fate, which was we got to make a choice. We got to figure out, okay, we're being presented with a choice situation. We get to make a choice and figure out what we want to do with it. And then last night, around 9.46 p.m. Eastern Time, Mars went into Aries. And, of course, Mars is in his rulership in Aries. He is very happy there. He loves it. He feels super-duper good, uh, and he is in Aries. In, in, you know, it's, it was a nighttime chart, so he's, you know, Mars, you know, of course, the sex is night, um, although usually we think of more Scorpio as a sex. But at any rate, Mars in Aries. Now, he's going to be in Aries until January 6th, 7th, depending on where you're living on Earth, uh, when he goes into Taurus. Yes, you heard me right, January 5th. January 6th or 7th, right? So, Mars and Aries, normally we have a planet and a sign for about two months. Uh, and Mars and a sign for about two months. And so he's going to spend six months in Aries. That's a long time. And, of course, he's the planet of war. He's the planet of action. He's the planet of get it done. He's the planet of go, go, go. He's got a whole bunch of stuff that he does. And, you know, we're going to have six months of him in Aries. Now, there's going to be a period of time there between September 9th and November 13th where he's retrograde, meaning going backwards, which is great. You know, he reverses things. Retrogrades are not generally fun because the planet of action says you can't go backward, can't go forward anymore, go back, go back. So we've got that energy coming. But in the meantime, he went into Aries. And for a lot of people, you know, in the, in the last day or so, you've been like, all right. I need to do something. I need to take action. I need to go, 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 go. Um, And that is the energy you're going to be feeling for the next six months. Now, the part that gets a little difficult about this, and this is the part I'm, you know, kind of a little worried about, not in a bad way, but just kind of knowing Mars and Aries, you know, it wants what it wants when it wants it. Um, And when it doesn't get it, sometimes it gets a little angry, gets a little mad, gets a little crabby. You know, and so um, I I decided I would do research. Normally, I just sit here and talk, right? I just kind of prattle on at great length. And I went, no, we're gonna we're gonna look up Mars. We're gonna actually take action, Mars, in Aries. We're gonna look up a bunch of words, look up a bunch of energies, because one of the things that we need to remember is the energy is there. We get to decide how we use it. Uh, but it's there for us to use. And Mars and Aries is a very clear, very assertive, direct, straightforward kind of energy. So that's the good news. The bad news is we got six months of it. The other bad news is 
it's going to square those COVID cl- that COVID clump, you know, those Capricorn planets that caused the coronavirus and all of the structural changes that we're seeing around the world. Now, remember, these planets happen all over the world. It's not just the United States. But if you know where the COVID clump is in your chart, right, then where is the Aries in your chart? Because that's where Mars is going to go through, and he's going to stimulate the COVID clump three times in August, September, October, November, December. Right? Yeah, it's like basically you're basically listening, listening. You're hanging out with the COVID clump under extreme stimulation by Mars and his rulership. Now, Mars is going to, you know, square the COVID clump. So squaring Pluto, Mars square Pluto is a war aspect, plain and simple. People fight with that one or they take action with it. You know, surgeons have it. Basketball players have it. Um, my sister was a coach. You know, she would send me charts to the kids. They all had Mars-Pluto aspects. And I, I initially got a little anxious. I'm like, God, oh, they have Mars-Pluto aspects. But they're, they're athletes. They want to conquer the world, right? They want to, you know, win the game. So it's, it's, it likes to win, which is good. Um, that's that's a good thing, but it is technically, you know, a square to Pluto is a, is a war, and of course Mars, the Aries, you know, when wars happen, Pluto got a lot of new people in his realm, right? They would all go down there after they died. Um, then he's going to square Saturn. Now Saturn, Mars square Saturn is an aspect of extreme frustration. It feels frustrating. You, you know, you want something and the authority figures go, no, you can't have it, or the structure blocks you from having it, right? So there's an energy, and I encourage you to look up the ram taking on the bulldozer video on the Internet, right? There's this little ram. Of course, Aries is the ram, and he charges, and he's headstrong, and he's opinionated, and he's got his, got, he knows what he wants. And this, this ram takes on a bulldozer, and he doesn't look at the bulldozer and go, you're a lot bigger than me, and you're made of metal. He's just like, I'm taking you on, man. I'm taking you on. So that's Mars and Aries, with Saturn being the bulldozer. In this case the changes that need to be made, Mars square Saturn. Um, Then it's also square Jupiter. Uh, Mars square Jupiter is lots of, lots of Mars, lots of of whatever, Jupiter hanging out with uh, Pluto, lots of loss, lots of death, lots of transformation. Jupiter hanging out with Saturn, lots of restrictions, restraining, structures changing, shifting, you know, getting getting the idea, and then it, Athena, Athena of course is strategy. Mars and Aries is a strategic guy. He doesn't go running. You know, the bullets are flying at him. He doesn't go running towards the bullets. He kind of figures out where they're coming from, and then he you know tries to take out where the bullets are coming from rather than running willy nilly at them. And I can remember back when the Revolutionary War was being fought. Uh, they fought differently back then, you know, and the and the redcoats, which were the uh, British, would march forward in regimented lines, you know, just getting like shot at. And of course, they wore redcoats, so you wouldn't see the blood, right? And they were really annoyed with the Americans because, or the rebels, I guess we were the rebels at that point, because we were hiding in the bushes and shooting them, you know. And we were like, well, why would we jump out and let you shoot us? Like, you know, that's, that doesn't seem smart. Mars and Aries wants us to be strategic, and it modified how we fought wars after that. You know, that was, you know, because it used to be you send your soldiers, I send mine. We all just keep sending lots of people till we somebody runs out of soldiers and they declare a winner, right? So warfare changed radically after the Revolutionary War. 
uh, because we did essentially guerrilla warfare where we hid behind the rocks and the trees, and they thought it was cowardice. And we were like, well, it might be cowardly, but we're not getting shot, right? So Mars and Aries is strategic. It also is angry. Um, and it's also aggressive and assertive and a bunch of other things. So I'm going to spend a little time taking you through some Aries words, and I encourage you to sit down and Google them for yourself uh, and get yourself a bunch of words, and then get yourself some antonyms or some other ways to use the energy because Aries says, this is what I want, and part-times it's going to get it, Part-times it's going to be frustrated with it, but part-times it's also going to be challenged to take on the situation and change it. And so we want to be the strategic uh, Aries, you know, where we're not walk, you know, walking in a regimented line forward taking the shots. We want to go, okay, how can I use this energy to direct, get what I want, and move forward? Now it's going to be all over the world. So we're going to see a lot more fighting. Right, And we can decide how we're going to use this. And we've got six months of it, so we're going to get plenty used to it. And we're all going to, you know, you want to find some of your Aries friends or your Aries Mars friends and talk to them about how they use that energy. A couple weeks ago I read a lovely note from Erin who wrote about um, her Mars and, and, you know, very proudly and um, clear what why she liked it. So she said, my my Aries Mars is in the ninth house. Yes, there's anger, less now that I'm older. But what I really want to talk about is the energy that comes with the natal Mars in Aries. I have unlimited energy to do things. I'm a free, innovative thinker, and ideas well up for me. I do art, yoga, teach, mother, meditate. I stand behind underdogs, youth, and people who need help. I want something new. I'm telling you the context of recent events we're going to be the little people getting together, standing up to the big bad boys. It's grassroots. It's new. It has energy. It's getting organized. This may need to go retrograde. That's going to be in September through November. But that newness, that springtime growth is how I'm viewing this Mars and Aries. And, you know, your job with this energy, we now get out of Pisces, which a lot of people were feeling depressed and sad and emotional and and whiny, you know, a lot of people were whining. Well, you know, that's not what I wanted, you know. And you, you got to look where your Mars is. My Mars is in Capricorn, out of bounds, so I can listen to whining just so long. And then my Mars is like, okay, buck up and do it, right? I have, a, I have kind of a bossy Mars. Um, and, but Mars in Pisces, you know, the last two months, um, it's been in Pisces, so people have been a little more emotional, a little more sensitive, a little more. But now they're going to get combative. Now they're going to get assertive. Now they're going to get like, okay, what do we need to say? And we want to use this consciously, right, uh, when we use our Mars, because it's out there. It's there to be used. It's in whatever house is your Aries house. So you really want to understand what's of value to you. So I had Mars go through Aries. You know, it's in Pisces, and now it's in my first house, and now it's going into Aries, not in my second house yet. But for me, it was a lot about, okay, here's situations I have to figure out how I want to handle. Mars squaring the nodes of fate, that was, that was last week. I'm, we're at crossroads. What do we want to do about this? How do we want to do this? We have choices. Mars square the nodes always asks you, which way do you want to go? And so that was last week. So now this week, Mars is in Aries. We've made our decisions. We're moving forward. And now we really 
basically enter on a rocket ship. There was a study made of the um, launches of space shuttles into space, the charts of space shuttles, right? And I remember being at an astrology conference and seeing it, and the guy who presented it said, and I don't remember who it is, unfortunately, but he said, yeah, so think about it. You're, you're strapped onto a rocket ship, and you're going to get blasted into space with essentially a bomb underneath you shooting you up, you know, towards the, you know, the moon or the space shuttle or whatever it's going for. And I kind of thought, yeah, like a rocket on your butt. Okay. So remember, we've been using the analogy of being a bee, you know, being a caterpillar turning into a butterfly. So now you're a caterpillar with a rocket on your butt. If you haven't gone into the cocoon yet, but you are going to be feeling this energy really take off. And this week also has a couple other parts to it. It has Saturn, Jupiter, I'm sorry, Jupiter-Pluto Part 2. We had the last one on April 4th, and then we have the third one on November 13th. But this Jupiter-Pluto conjunction takes place on right like tomorrow on the 30th. Mars went into Aries yesterday. And then we have an eclipse at the end of the week on the U.S. sun on July 5th, uh, which is the day after the, the birthday, you know, our birthday is July 4th. So there's a lot of energy in the heavens, which our job is to figure out how we want to use it. But I think as we're having a primer on Mars, and we will talk about him a lot over the next few months. Right now he's just starting off, so he is on it. And you want to look at where your natal Mars is in your chart, right? what house is he in, uh, where does he live? My natal Mars lives in the astrology house, the 11th house of groups. He, he rules, in my case, the second house. Uh, I have Aries ruling the second house. And it's, you know, so right now he's just at the end of the first, about to go into the second. So I know my Mars is going to be going through the second house basically for, you know, six months. And I know, like, I have a lot of work I have to do, right? you know, which is okay. I mean, I like working. It's one of the things I do. I do well. I have Mars exalted, out of bounds. I'm, I'm a hard worker. And it aspects my planets. But when it's in the second house, what I'm really learning, you know, is what are what is, what's important to me? You know, what are my what's my vision of how I do things? What's my vision of how I take action? And then he rules my eighth house of how I'm valued by other people, and he rules my ninth house of teaching, right? So part of part of this is probably going to be after many talking about it, you know, getting a school up and running, right? Cuz ninth house um teaching other people about astrology. So that's the positive. You know, like take that Mars energy and use it for that. But we also know that the Mars energy runs runs a little temper. You know, Aries are known for their temper. I had an Aries father. Um I have a Mercury Mars square, so I know when my when my temper gets going, which it doesn't always go, but when it goes, it goes. Um and I kind of watch it sometimes, and I go, "Well, look at you!" <laughs> and uh, you know, it gets it gets off and running. So we're gonna find the Mars gets off and running. And I want you to think about anger words, because Mars is also and Aries is also angry. And I want you to think about the antonyms to them. You know, the other ways to use the energy, the other ways to flip it or shift it, and give you other definitions of Aries give you other definitions of that initiating energy, if that makes sense. But it is a big week. 
with all these energies shifting and changing. And so uh, if we think of Mars in terms of anger words, right, um, there's different ways it can it can show up. It can be peevish. You know, it can just be peevish. You can be sore. You can be you can storm off. You can have a tantrum. You can have a tiff. You can take umbrage. You can blow up. Uh, you can have a hissy fit. You can also be exasperated. You can also be furious. You can have hatred, impatience, irritation, outrage, passion, uh, and pique. You know, so different words that that describe anger, because a lot of times Mars and Aries is anger. So then let's think about what we want to do to shift those words. How do we want to work with that energy as a uh, thing? And a lot of times when Mars gets going, you know, it causes us to get angry and do something. We take action because we're mad. Um, And we take action because we're maybe a little grumpy or cranky or frustrated or annoyed or seething, right? Now, when we're using Mars in a positive way, because, of course, I'm not going to say the negative is bad, but I am going to say watch for it, and when it comes up, flip it. Flip it. Use the energy and flip it. When you're agitated, take action. When you're fed up, leave. When you're irritated, express it or move it. You know, irritation is like when you're wearing a sneaker and you get a blister, right? And you get, you know, you keep wearing the shoe there and you're like, you keep moving it and then soon there's a blister and you're like, oh, and then the skin pops and then you're really annoyed. When you're disgusted, figure out what you can do. When you're outraged, say, all right, that makes me mad. What's the, what's the energy of how I flip that? How do I move bitterness into understanding, you know, uh, you know, the fox and the grapes, ah, they're probably not great grapes anyway. They're not that good anyway, right? But we do positive words of Mars. We're going to be sure. We're going to be certain. We're going to be unique. We're going to be dynamic, tenacious, hearty. We're going to be secure. We're going to be empowered. And you can tell I did my homework, right? Ambitious, powerful, confident, and determined, and inspired, and creative, and healthy, and renewed. We're going to start that exercise program. Uh, vibrant, strengthened, and you may find you really want to exercise more. Motivated, focused, invigorated, and refreshed. These are all ways to use your Mars, right? And to figure out when he's doing his hard stuff. And of course, panic and pandemic are the same words. And if you look up Pan's mythology, you know, for panic, you know, it's it's a big one. So you're mixed up. You're unsure. You're stuck. Well, what do you do when you're stuck? You move. You take action. You're hurt. You're lost. You're frozen. You take, you know, you unfreeze yourself. You're anxious. You you work with your anxiety. You do your breathing. So we're going to have Mars in these energies of helping us move forward in optimistic, grateful, delighted, amused, enthusiastic ways. And we're going to shift from being mournful and weepy and frustrated into, you know, well, what's a positive plan of action and how do I get there? I'm not going to say it's going to be easy because the inclination with the frustration and the squares, which really are more in August, um, but they're coming, uh, the frustration is going to be a little hard. But our job is to be, okay, let me agitate for what I want. Let me take action to get it. And it's a really important time for you to map out what your strategy is for the next six months. What is, how are you going to take action in that house, especially once we get to the part where it gets annoyed, which is August, September, October, November, December. Uh, you know, this first 
couple weeks before we get to July 25th, Mars is just happy. He's just flying along. He's not frustrated. He's just taking taking action. And a lot of people are taking action. I got a lot of clients moving. I got a lot of clients getting new directions, starting new jobs, starting new projects. All good. All good Mars. And so our job with this energy is to really work with it and kind of understand it and also to appreciate it. Now, we're still in eclipse season, right? And, of course, on April 4th, we really were aware of what was going on in, you know, in the virus and kind of adjusting. And now, as both of the planets that met then, now we're meeting up again and going retrograde until we get to November 13th we're going to reverse action. We're going to go backwards. And, yes, that does mean closing down stuff and adjusting things. And remember, one of the reasons, you know, I do this podcast every week, but I've also been doing the one with Astrology Hub with Amanda Walsh, is because we're going to be working on this for a while. And now Mars is in Aries. If you think about Capricorn planets, Aries is the first square to Capricorn planets. Like if you're standing in the Capricorn land and then you go the first 90-degree aspect is a a square from Aries. So opening squares are action-oriented squares where we're being asked to take action and do something and go for it. Now, Aries, of course, is, you know, it's guns, it's violence, it's those guys with the military weapons in Michigan when they were protesting with their little faces. So we are going to see it get a little more violent. I hope hope not, but do take care. You know, we'll be talking about the aspects when they're tough. Um, but but the idea now is, okay, let me take action. Let me get this done. Let me get this started. Let me get this off the road, off the ground, off going. And, of course, we have the new moon in Cancer, uh, the eclipse that we had in Cancer, which this Mars is squaring and triggering the one we had a couple days ago on June 21st because that was zero cancer, and this Mars is in a closing square. Psychological integration of what's going on, closing square, stimulating that eclipse, what came to light on June 21st, what we saw. And so we've got an opening take action around the structures you want to change, we have a closing take action around say, psychological action and be strategic about how you want to proceed. So it's a really interesting time. It's a very interesting time. Not going to be easy. Um, but it is going to be action-oriented. And your best plan, and the members of your family, look at their charts, look at your friends. Where can they take action in that house, especially as it squares the Capricorn planets? Where can they take action in that house, especially as it squares the new moon conjunction at zero cancer? Where is that taking place in their chart? In my case, it's taking place in my fifth house of creativity and what I'm supposed to create. And then it's squaring my Capricorn planets in my 12th, which is what's my karmic work in the world, right? So I'm clear what it is. Um, And it's in my second house, so that's finances, money, taking action around how I proceed and what I do. So you do the same thing in your chart, because for six months you're going to have Aries in your Aries house. And it may be two houses, you know, like if you have Aries 13, and Aries looks like the little V, if you're new new to astrology, it looks like the little V. And, um, you know, so there's, you know, let's say you have a V at 18, That means there's 18 degrees of Aries in the house before the V. 
and then there's 12 degrees of Aries in the house after the V because there's 30 degrees in the sign. So it's important, and wherever Aries is, right now he's going to be, he entered zero last night, he's squaring the eclipse point, he's off and running. At the end of the week, on the 5th, we have another eclipse at 15, 13 rather, which he gets to at the end of July. He gets to around July 24th, 25th. And so he's going to trigger that eclipse, too. It's very potent times. As you know, we're living on the edge of history. We're watching the world change. We're watching all the structures in the world go through transformation, yada, yada, all that crap. Yeah, all that crap. That's true. And the last time we had the Cero cycle, which happens every 19 years at these points, was 9-11. Well, we know what happened then. Uh, Iran-Contra, which actually was a really big deal. I mean, a lot of people don't think of it that way, but if you go look at what happened in that, it was huge. And then the Kennedy assassination, 1963, and D-Day, June of, June of 1944. These are, these are big. you know. And the, the other ones happened, but none of us are old enough to remember them. Um, these are big, big aspects. And it's really important for us to honor how intense this energy is going to be for the next six months. So the other thing is pacing yourself. Right. If you're feeling like you're going to take off like a shot and you should be feeling that. I mean, I had one of my one of my favorite clients, Christoph, he, he wrote and he goes, I'm just crying. I'm just crying. And I'm like, well, I, I know it's really it's really hard. Trust me, you'll feel better on Sunday, you know, um, because it was very emotional last week. And whatever the old emotions were that came up for you, it's really important for you to figure out what your lessons were there. And, you know, I had one client say to me, one, one woman say to me one time, would I rather be right or happy? And I looked at her and I went, what? Would I rather be right or happy? And I said, well, that's an interesting point. And, um, you know, and I thought, well, you know, that wasn't, that wasn't my, <laughs> my thought. You know, as a kid growing up, my mother was like, are you happy? Because if you're happy, everything works, right? If you're not happy, then change it. Right, so you know that was that was how I was raised. It wasn't an either or, but you want to look at the messages that have been coming up for you on the eclipses. These are old stories. These are old clearings. People are clearing some really deep muck out of their basement or out of their inner life, and that's okay. We got another two, three weeks of eclipses. We got a full moon eclipse on the fifth, and then we have two week detox, release, release, till we get to the new moon. Uh, at the end of the month. So big energies, very impotent, very important, very potent. And impotent was set on purpose. Sometimes you're going to be, I don't have any potency. I'm like, good. Don't. Just watch. Remember, when you're challenged, when you're stimulated, it can be fight, fight, or freeze. And for many people, these hard energies are bringing up early childhood traumas where they had no potency and they are feeling impotent, impotent now, too. You know, potent as I can do it, impotent as I can't. So what you want to do is when the word pops, I am irritated. Well, how do I stop being irritated? You change your shoes, right? And then the blisters don't happen. If you keep wearing the same shoes, you're going to get a blister, and then eventually you're going to get a callus. Our job now is to be conscious of how we use this energy, we got a month to figure it out till we get to the end of the month of July, and then we really got to be good at it because then we're going to be having it aspect all the COVID planets and kick them up. And of course, uh, you know, get your food in. Um, it's going to be a wild time. 
It's going to be a wild time out there in the world. And also, and it's raining here. I love it. It started to rain. It felt like it was going to rain all day. Okay, so let's do the moon. The moon in uh, June. The moon in June. Okay, I'm not going to sing for you. I know I didn't. I didn't. I didn't have singing lessons as a kid. So today the moon's in Libra on June 20. Let me make sure I'm in the right month. I'm in June 28. Yep, moon's in Libra. Um, it goes void tomorrow morning at 9:02 a.m. with a square to Jupiter. So it's an overdoing moon. The moon is void all day tomorrow, and it goes into Scorpio at 6:48 p.m. the evening of the 29th. Then it's Scorpio on the 30th and it's in Scorpio on the 1st and it goes void in uh it goes void at 9:20 p.m. with a sextile to Saturn which is nice and then it's void uh it goes goes void at 9:20 and it goes right into Sag 9:21 2 minutes later so it's in Sag on the 1st on the 2nd on the 3rd it goes void with a square to Neptune at 9:06 in the morning that's Friday and then it's square, it's void all day Friday morning, all day Friday. Then at noontime on the 4th, Independence Day, the moon goes into Capricorn at, I'm sorry, not noon, at midnight, 12.48 a.m. on Independence Day. The moon goes into Cap, and it's in Capricorn the 4th, the 5th, where we have the full moon lunar eclipse on the 5th, and it goes void next Monday the 6th at 5.35 a.m., and it goes void with a conjunction to Saturn. So when we're looking at the moon, the moon in Libra is a little bit of an overdoing moon. That's today and tomorrow. And then void all day Monday. The Scorpio moon is nice and intense. And its closing aspect, of course, is a sextile. Water moon, sextile Saturn, very productive. Uh, and it goes it goes void at 921 at night. So Tuesday and Wednesday are productive. And then Thursday, <clears throat> the Sag moon is a little bit delusional because the moon in Sagittarius is squaring Neptune and Pisces. So that's a little delusional, and then the moon is void all day Friday the 3rd anyway, which is, of course, uh, 4th of July. And then it's in Capricorn, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and that is final kind of working energy, right? So it's got a lot of intensity. Um, The highlights for this week are the second Jupiter-Pluto conjunction, which happens on June 30th at 1.46 in the morning. And that one is, interestingly cast for Washington, D.C., it has a 29-degree Aries rising with Aries on the ascendant. So that does indicate that this next period until we get to November 13th will be filled with a bit of discord and complaints and stuff going on because Aries and Pluto, of course, are squaring each other and Pluto's at the top of the chart. This chart is very evocative of what went on with the eclipse that we had on December 26th. So it's going to bring up stories from then. And then we already talked about Mars entering Aries, Aries, which it did last night at June uh, June 27th, and it entered it with Saturn on the Ascendant and Mars in the second house of what's of value. In the chart cast for Washington, the sun is on the part of danger or peril, and Saturn on the Ascendant is on the part of commerce. So that does suggest that there's a lot of energy around um you know, how we move forward, and the sun is in the sixth house of health. So it does suggest that this next six months, that's part of the focus. And the south node in that chart is uh, on the part of private enemies, and the south node is in the house of groups. So 
um, it's an interesting chart. It's got Chiron aspecting treachery. It's you know it's just not a friendly chart, right? The Mars and Aries chart. But you know we're we know what we're dealing with here. We got a wild time ahead of us. And then the um, the lunar eclipse on the fifth is very much about okay, let's get this going. And it's you know ten four ten thousand fourth house. So it's a lot about pushing us out in the world and having us do things. And I know I've gone a little over, but I've been learning when I'm on with Gemma Ja, we get to actually go like a few minutes. The British lady doesn't hang up on me right away. And I got a little chatty today, so we're going to be able, it's going to be a little bit longer. Mars and Aries, I'm taking, I'm taking, my, uh, taking my time. I'm not going to miss my shot. I'm going to give you the information. Um, of the week, Tuesday is probably the most tumultuous week, day, uh, but we are in eclipse season, you know, and Mars is in Aries. It's, it's just expected to go really quickly. This week, um, the sun runs from 8 Cancer to 15 Cancer. Uh, it does have that full moon eclipse on the 5th at uh, 12.44 a.m. at 13 Cancer. And it's got a lot of health aspects on the 30th uh, and the 1st. And Mercury and the sun are combust. Remember, Mercury's retrograde, so all your ghosts come and talk. We've completely left out Mercury retrograde. All your ghosts are talking to you. You're going to hear from people you haven't heard from in a while. It's a very forward motion kind of week. And we also have the sun uh, in a health, you know, the sun is also in a health, a lot of health aspects uh, this week. Uh, Mercury enters Vesta, a lot of people moving at the this new energy, and Mercury squares Chiron, so a lot of opportunity about how we change things. Mercury is running retrograde from 10 Cancer back to 6 Cancer, and he has a lot of health aspects. So health aspects, health aspects, health. Now this can be your health, how we change our chart, how we change our life to have better health. I'm good with any of those. Mars this week has a life sextile to Saturn. As he enters, um, when he went into Aries, he sextiles Saturn, and he says, okay, let's get rolling. And then he has quintiles. So he's very, very chirpy at the beginning of this journey. So, you know, suck up to him and hang out with him and say, hey, Mars, how about if we do this? Jupiter, of course, is retrograde meeting Pluto on the 30th, and he meets Athena on the 3rd. So we're going to come up with some really good strategies, really good ideas. We're going to think about it. Saturn is going to shift out of Aquarius. I forgot about him, too. He's going to shift out of Aquarius back into Capricorn, where he's going to stay until December. Uh, So he reverses into Capricorn as of the 1st of July. Pluto links up with Athena, so we're going to have, like, really inspired ideas and we have thunder out there. Jupiter is talking. Uh, and then we have Vesta trining series, which is a very creative aspect. And we also have Pallas Athena getting in a real, real little fight there on June 30th with Eris, the goddess of discord. So there's a lot of discord in the energy. But Eris is having a strategic argument with um, a strategic argument with Eris. And Eris is like, I'm here to change things. I am unhappy, and Eris goes, okay, well, let's talk about your strategy for doing it, right? So this is a really good week for you guys to focus on your strategy of how you're going to use this next six months of Mars and Aries, figure out the houses, figure out the houses in your kids' charts, the section, any planets that are between 15 and 28 are going to get Mars over them three times, some kind of aspect. We're not going to get there yet, but in the meantime, go read my pinball article on my website, where I talk to you about how to anticipate how the planets are rolling through your chart, and just know we're really ready to rock and roll. I mean, and I again, I say this in a kind way, what we've had so far is nothing compared to what's coming. 
We had Venus, the goddess of love and beauty. Admittedly, she was an Aries, not a sign she likes. We had the sun, exalted in in Aries. We saw the whole world get it. We had Mercury in Aries, which is we all started fighting. Now we have Mars in Aries. And uh, we really need to figure out how to use our Mars wisely, or this could be a really ugly six months. And I encourage you to think of when those anger energies pop up, how can you use them productively? Can you drum? Can you exercise? Can you take action? What can you do to move that energy out of feeling frustrated, blocked, anger, frenetic, whatever, into a positive version of it? Take an example from Erin, my client with Mars and Aries. She's like, I have boundless energy. I'm like, all right, I could I could get into some boundless energy. That could work for me. What's of in my case, what's of value to me to be about have boundless energy about, right? So forewarned is forearmed, and that's what astrology does for all of us. Share this with your friends, talk to them about their charts. Everybody should feel it kind of pop. And when Mars went in last night, there was a shift. It actually took out my computer. I went to bed early last night. I'm like, what a concept. I woke up early this morning. What a concept. Because um, like, my com- my Internet was gone. And I'm like, well, I guess that means I'm not supposed to be on the computer so much. I'll take that as a sign from Mars. Um, go, a- go exercise a little more, Ann. Did I do that last night? No. But I did other Mars things. So figure out how to use your Mars. And we'll have more Mars primers next week. But in the meantime... Google Mars words, Google Aries words, make a list, find the positive ones. When the negative ones pop, say, ooh, there's, there I am really, really irritated. What do I want to do? So I got really irritated last week, and I blocked, I blocked some people. I'm like, I'm blocking you. That was how I took action. It's, you know, it doesn't have to be big, but it does have to be done. And also Aries is knives, so careful with knives. And on that note, I'm going to hang up. Wish you all a great week. Take care and watch out. Lots of energy flying around. And have a good time. Remember, we're living in exciting times. We get to write the history books. This is, this is huge. So forward. We're going to have a good one. We're going to get through it together. Uh, hey, we're not in the river anymore. Now we're back on land. We're lighting, we're lighting the energy and pushing ourselves forward. So I wish you a good week and big hugs and see you next week after the eclipse and the retrograde. and the Oh, and remember, with Mercury conjunct the sun, nobody wants to hear, nobody wants to be argued with. So they get a little crazy, just kind of nod and listen and smile and let them go on and on and on and then figure out what you want to do about it later. All right? Take care. Have a great week. And Ortley signing off from the Bright Red Desk. Bye.